0: Let's pray together. Father, I love you. I am so thankful that you have called me yours. So, so Lord, I pray. Um, <laughs> I pray that you would take whatever I'm about to say and, uh, and carry it to the hearts that need to hear it. I pray your spirit uh, would be active, not just in the, in the hearts of the people sitting in these seats. God, I pray your spirit would be active in my heart. And uh, Lord, that you would do a work in, in me. I pray for the heart or the soul of the one who is with us this morning who, who um, is going to hear some things and is going to wrestle with them. God would you would you hold them close? And would you open their eyes? Begin preparing our hearts now uh, for looking at the picture you left for us in communion. God do something wonderful. Watch over my mouth. Um, I know what I intend to say, that means nothing. So Lord, help me to say what you want me to say. For it's in Jesus' good name I pray, amen. Amen. So, um, Proverbs 31, Everybody, anybody ever heard of that one? That's what I thought. Proverbs 31, I'm going to go ahead and um, I'll read, uh, starting in verse 10 is where I'm going to be. And uh, I'll read through it, and then we'll uh, we're gonna run through it a little bit. Um, let me let me ask that as I'm reading and you're reading along. That if you feel in your heart and anxiety that you need to get out of here because you've heard Proverbs thirty one before, may I ask that you extend grace to me and to God, and stay. Because I think. I think Proverbs 31 says something different than what most of us think it says. Well, follow along with me, Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10 says this, who can find a wife of noble character? She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her; he'll not lack anything good. She rewards him with good and not evil all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax; she works with willing hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. She rises while it's still night, and she provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field, and she buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength. She reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good, and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hands to the spinning staff, and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor. She extends her hands to the needy. She's not afraid for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband, he's known in the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes and she sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. Her mouth speaks wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household, and she is never idle. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor. Let her works praise her at the city gates. Proverbs chapter 31. An article came out this week that told us that there was a new version of a Bible released. And one edition inside of that Bible has been causing major waves The quote is this, with the rise of female entrepreneurship in the 21st century, we felt that the Proverbs 31 woman needed an update. I mean, what is a spinning staff anyway? So the latest version includes the selling of essential oils. She puts her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. No, no, no. Now it says she purchases her young living orders in prudence and encourages her downline with joy. This is so affirming for me, essential oils distributor Pamela Huntington remarked. I've always felt like I'm the aroma of Christ, but now I know for sure. It's a joke. Relax. I heard grumbles, and I was like, I did not set that up well, did I? No. It's a good opportunity for me to tell you this thing called Babylon B that shows up in your Facebook feed. Don't, don't, Don't think it's real, please. Some of you have fallen for it. Um, particular, the, the, the slide into the baptism that Stephen Furtick did, that was a joke. So is this essential oils thing. However, there's a point that to be made there is when, when you read through Proverbs 31, there's two reactions. One is, what in the world does that even mean? And the second is, how in the world am I supposed to live up to that? So I want to I lay out before we move on to a few things that this is not. This is not a sermon to browbeat women. This is not a sermon to call women to a way of life that they can p- not possibly achieve. This is not a sermon that is, is meant to create anxiety in your heart, much like Pinterest and Instagram do often. This is not me telling you you were called to be the Messiah for your family, and it's up to you to be their Savior. Good news, positions already filled, breathe. Breathe. This isn't about how women can find acceptance in the eyes of God and from those around them. If you have been called God's daughter, you already have his acceptance. As we look at the verses that I read, a couple things that you need to know. First of all is this, this is not written by King Solomon. This is not written by King Solomon. You look at the beginning of chapter 31, it says that these are the words of King Lemuel, a pronouncement that his mom taught him. So, these aren't even the words of another man. This is mama's words. And that's important for us to understand because oftentimes, as you read Proverbs 31, you read into it some of the chauvinism that might come from a male or or some of the chauvinism that certainly came from King Solomon and his uh, difficulty in relationships with his thousand women. This is not, these are the writings of a mama. Here's another thing that is uh, not known. Proverbs thirty one is not written to women. It's not written to women. It's written to a man. You go. You go through the first nine verses of Proverbs thirty one, uh, and there's there's a whole mess of of um commands or or prescribing behaviors telling you how you should live. I mean you look at some of the things it says so give and let him and speak up, <coughs> excuse me, and speak up and judge and defend. I mean so so the first 9 verses of Proverbs 31 are filled with commands, filled with prescriptive behaviors. This is how you're supposed to act. And then in verse 10 the 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 language switches from prescriptive to descriptive. The language switches to artwork where it begins to present a picture that we're supposed to look at. As Mama writes, she's drawing the young man's attention to this woman's trustworthiness, her resourcefulness, her strength, her love, her wisdom, her her practical knowledge, her practical skills. She talks about this woman's character and how that character benefits her children, how it benefits her household, how it benefits her society, her culture, and, and multiple times how it benefits her husband. Mama turns her son's eyes towards excellence, and specifically the excellence of a virtuous wife. But you don't find, starting in verse 10, another command arrive in this passage until you get to verse 31. And even then, in verse 31, the command is not to a woman, to her husband. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. So so for 19 verses, the husband plays kind of this behind-the-scenes role of of, of observer as he looks at his wife's excellence, her virtues, her wisdom, her her skills. And, and, And he doesn't just take this character for granted. He doesn't just passively receive all the good that she does for him. Instead, he studies her conduct in detail for the sole purpose of public and private praise. So the message of Proverbs 31, if you want to be specific, folks, is to the men. So men... Have you been watching and taking note of the women around you and what value they add to your life? So, so it's interesting is this is, this is like not controversial. I wouldn't say it's controversial. This is like ground shaking for some of us. I've never heard Proverbs chapter 31 is for men. However, the men of Judaism understand it. Hebrew men have taken up the the tradition of at the beginning of the Sabbath, they open up their scrolls, their Torah, their law, their Old Testament to Proverbs chapter 31, and they and their children sing Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10 through verse 31, to their wife, to their mom. They know that this is supposed to be to the men, and they're supposed to act as a result. Do you? So, So men... How do the women in your life surpass all others? Have you told her? I don't mean in a card. Have you told her? Have you been specific about it? Have you told her in front of your children? See, because it talks about how the children rise up as well and call her blessed. So so men, I'm going to challenge you. If your children are not rising up and calling your wife blessed, that's on you. Because you're supposed to lead that. Men, take responsibility. And repent of withheld love and silent gratitude. And speak words of life into the women of your life. How different would our world look if men took this seriously? How different would our homes look if men took this seriously. So, so what's happened is, over time, Proverbs 31 has, has gone from, from mama reminding men to do the work of encouragement in their homes, and, and it's twisted into a task list for women to accomplish in order to earn praise from those around her. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that Proverbs 31 is not a task list. Even in its its basic nature, its basic construct, Proverbs 31 is a poem. It doesn't rhyme in the English, but actually it doesn't even rhyme in the original Hebrew. The type of poem that Proverbs 31 is, is an acrostic. So beginning in verse 10 and running the 22 verses that follow all the way through verse 31, each phrase, each sentence, each thought, each verse begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it just continues to, to walk through. And, and like any good poem, what Proverbs 31 is trying to do is highlight the extraordinary in the ordinary. The poem is trying to look at life and the mundaneness of life and, and highlight it to be something glorious. That's, that's what a good poem does, right? I mean, that's what you all think of roses are red and violets are blue. We all know roses are red, but I never quite looked at it that way. Oh, I should go home. <laughs> I think I used all the humor last week. That's all right. The, the acrostic, the poem is, is intended for this. So, so, so but let me, let me be clear. As you look at Proverbs 31, it describes a pretty amazing woman, doesn't it? I mean, I mean think about this. You look, you look at verse 14, she, she cooks exotic meals. Verse 19, she's, she's extending her hand to the spinning staff. Verse 21 and 22, she's making clothing from the thread that she made herself. Verse 24, she's, she's running her own business. Verse 16, she evaluates a field and buys it. She is purchasing land with her own profits, and then she's gardening on it to make money with it. Verse 20, she helps the poor. Verse, verse 27, she is never idle, it says. Verse, this, this is amazing. Verse 26, she opens her mouth and speaks with wisdom and loving instruction, which is shocking considering the lack of sleep she has from verse 15. She's up while it's still night. I mean, when you read this list, poetic or not, you half expect to see that she's cured cancer somewhere. I mean, this woman has, has done everything. And when, when Mama is writing this, she's not saying, woman, do this. <laughs> she's saying, understand what it is that she's doing and understand what value she adds to the lives of those around her. See, It's not a task list. Instead, this woman has found freedom in living her life. The emphasis in that sentence is her life, not the life of somebody else, not what Pinterest says your life should look like and what every meal should appear like and, and all the, the neat little things that you should be doing at home to make everybody happy. No, no, no. She, she has found freedom in living her life. It's her life, not, not the life that Instagram continues to holler at you and says, do this, do this, do this. No, no, no. She looks around, she understands what it is that God has called her to and she, is, she has found freedom in living her life. And for, it's different for everybody, isn't it? I mean, for some, the life is going to look like a lot of laundry and dishes and cooking and cleaning. For some, it's going to look like gardening and, or homeschooling or interior decoration. For, for some, it's going to include working and managing and, and the, the ins and outs of corporate life. For some, it's going to include potty training of kids and being up early and up late while you feed your children, staying up, cleaning up after sick kids. For some, it's going to include serving at church in the nursery, in a children's class, being on a worship team, in a community group. But that's not true about every single one of you because it's your life. The opportunities that God has placed before you, be faithful with those. And what Proverbs 31 is saying is this woman has found freedom in living the life that has been laid out right before her. She's not envious of another person's life. She's not wishing she had it different. But let's be honest it's not that you wish you had it different, it's you wish you had it easier. Now, this woman embraces the opportunity that God has, has placed in her life, and she lives faithfully and freely within that context. Then the question comes, so how, how can I do that when everything and everyone around me is telling me to desire something different? When everyone and everything around me is, is telling me to do better? And when I look at this list in Proverbs chapter 31, I feel like I miss All the marks. How am I supposed to find freedom in living my life when I compare my life with the life of this Proverbs woman and I am just, I fail in comparison to her? I think what you need to do is understand what it is that Mama's explaining to us. She's explaining to us a wife of noble character. She's explaining to us a woman of virtue, a woman of excellence. She's laying out for us that picture. And only one other time outside the book of Proverbs is that phrase used to describe somebody. The person it describes wasn't a wife. Wasn't a mom. She had no money to speak of. She, she, she was only surviving on the, on the leftovers of rich people. The person that this phrase is used to describe, that pictures for us what the Proverbs woman really looks like, is not the woman that has it all put together. It's a woman named Ruth. So as she's in Boaz's presence, he says to her now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you whatever you say since all the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. So as you read Proverbs 31, the first person that jumps in your mind is Ruth, right? You know, the woman who who doesn't have a husband. In fact, she's buried her husband. She has no children. She's barren. She's in a foreign land. She's not helping the poor. She's being helped because she was poor. Her story from beginning to end is nothing but tragic. And yet, as she is looked at, as she is evaluated, as she is spoken of, she is called the Proverbs 31 woman, the woman of noble character. Why? Because being a woman of noble character has nothing to do with your circumstances. And it has nothing to do with having your life mimic the description of Proverbs 31. I think it goes back to the, the story as Naomi's getting ready to go home, and Ruth makes a decision to forsake everything that is familiar and safe and to pursue the God of Naomi as her own God. In that moment, she leaves everything behind. She leaves her land, her family, her history, her people, her familiar places, her safe places. And all the while, as she has made that decision, she is choosing to take God as her God and Naomi as her own mom. That's what it means to be a woman of valor. That's what it means to be a woman of noble character. That's what it means to be a woman of strength. That's what it means to be a woman of virtue. Not your accomplishments, not the envy of other women on Facebook, not even the ability to leap tall buildings in a single bound. The Proverbs 31 woman is the woman who has something that comes from her soul. Proverbs 31 verse 30. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord... Will be praised. A Proverbs 31 woman is the woman who has found freedom in her relationship with God. Those things like beauty and charm, it's all in vain. The fear of the Lord is what marks a truly wise and successful person. That's been the beginning of Proverbs and the end of Proverbs. You look at how Solomon and the book of Proverbs puts this together. It says, You want to know how to walk in the way of wisdom? You begin by fearing the Lord. You want to be marked as a woman of virtue, a woman of character, a woman of excellence? Then you begin by fearing the Lord. So so what mom is calling you to do is to focus on your relationship with God and let everything else just kind of fall into place. You focus on the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? I'm going to use the exact same thing I did, what, 12 weeks ago when we began this series in Proverbs. The picture of the fear of the Lord depends on the position of your relationship with God because it's marked by both terror and joyful awe. The terror aspect is you know who God is. You understand his omnipotence. You understand his omniscience. You understand his justice and his holiness. And it terrifies you. Because you know, like Jonathan Edwards said hundreds of years ago, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. When you've tasted the sweetness of God's sacrifice on your behalf, When you have experienced the very adoption of God, of your soul, as a son or a daughter, and coming into his presence is nothing but joyful awe. Because that's my daddy. I heard somebody explain the fear of the Lord like the big dog that lives next door. The big dog that whenever a neighbor goes by, it just goes bananas and snarls and growls, and the neighbor runs, which is the worst thing you can possibly do. Because when you run from that dog, you know what that dog does? It chases, and it wins most of the time. That's the terror aspect of fear. But, but when it's crazy, the little four-year-old comes home from school, and that big nasty dog sees it. The little four-year-old's like, Oh! Skippy, or I don't know, think of another crazy name. And, and she runs and puts her arms around the neck of that dog, and that dog is just happy as can be and is just playful and fun. See, that's the picture. When you run from God, there is terror, but when you run to God, there is joy. So, the woman of Proverbs 31 is the woman who has found freedom in her relationship with God. God is using Proverbs 31 this morning to remind us of the greatest truth. In the mundane and in the unexciting, we cannot neglect the truth of the gospel. And the truth of the gospel is Jesus gave us his perfect righteousness through the cross. And because of that, we stand before God perfect and righteous and forgiven and accepted. And because we didn't earn that acceptance... We don't have to work to keep it. So ma'am, who's sitting in here and whose soul is turned inside out because you never feel like you measure up, the far greater question I have for you this morning is are you in Jesus Christ? Have you... Yielded your own soul to the loving Savior Jesus who came and took your place on the cross and by so doing has carried you into the presence of God fully redeemed and fully accepted forever. Then celebrate that truth every moment of every day. You did nothing to earn that acceptance. You don't have to work to keep it. Jesus is the one who is keeping it for you. God has given you exactly what you need. God has given to all of us exactly what we need, and that's what we get to do this morning. We are going to come in just a few moments, and we are going to celebrate the picture of Jesus' death, because God has given us exactly what we need through the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You don't need to work for this, but you need to learn to rest in it, That's why he says, are you you weary? Are you tired? Are you loaded down with burden? Then you come to me and you rest. How do we rest in Jesus? We rest because the work is complete. When Jesus said it is finished, he wasn't lying. We need to rest. And so as we look at this picture this morning, and that's exactly what this is. It's a picture that Jesus left for us. It's a picture of his broken body and his shed blood. And as we we look at this picture, what we are doing is proclaiming the death of Jesus. We are proclaiming that in dying for our sins, it is enough. So I don't know. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have placed your trust in him and you live a life that is marked by true repentance where you continue to fall on your face and cry out in your weakness for God to forgive you and that you, you pick up the the, the the beauty of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in your life, then this morning I'm going to invite you in a moment as the instruments play to come forward and to receive the elements of communion, to take them back to your seat and, and just sit quietly and, and examine your soul and thank God from your heart for what he's done for you in jesus christ if you don't know christ if you're living in blatant rebellion against jesus i'm going to ask you to stay where you are but for those who are enjoying the freedom that we can experience in jesus then the table is open for you let's pray father i thank you for your word I thank you that in your word we find truth, we find hope. Lord, I I pray that even this morning as we approach these tables and and receive these elements, God, I pray that you would just remind us of, of what it is you actually accomplished for us. Lord, for the heart and the soul, the one here this morning who doesn't know Christ or, or who may be here and just living in rebellion, Lord, would you, would you cause them to, to bow the knee even now? Would they cry out for the forgiveness of their sin? And Lord, I, I do. I pray for our women. I pray that they would understand that their acceptance isn't in their performance, it's in what was performed for them already. I pray all of us would remember that today. And that as we look at these elements, that we'd remember back to the time when the light came on and we crossed from death to life as we put our faith in Christ. I pray you'd be honored in our observance of communion today. It's in Jesus' good name I pray. Amen.